Hello and welcome to the Dear Citrus Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hodgen, and I'm a food and beverage lover. From design to development and all the in-between, this podcast is about my life as a 20-something-year-old navigating the ups and downs of the everyday. So grab a cup of matcha or your favorite functional beverage, get cozy, and let's dive in. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 7 a.m. EST for a brand new episode. Talking of social media, I'm curious, like, what your top highlights of the CPG world have been in 2023. I feel like Mm -hmm. 2022, when I look at it, you brought up the butterboard. Like, that's a big one that comes to mind. And, like, Graza's launch, I'm pretty sure, was in 2022. And, like, those are some really big, like, moments. But what would you say – like for 2023, like what kind of comes to mind is like this was a big yeah. moment in the year. Well, it's so funny because I feel like I'm so like in it, like in the weeds of it that sometimes I like miss <laughs> the like yes. what everyone else would see. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple things, these are more like kind of broader like trends I noticed, but the return of dairy. It's yes. People are people are on the dairy train again. It's so interesting and it's funny you say that because I just saw a sponsored video, I think it was on TikTok, of somebody sponsored by Big Dairy. Like it wasn't a brand, it was like just dairy and I was like – Like got milk, they're back. Yeah, (laughs) yes. I was like I feel like you would not have seen this in a social media context that got really good support prior to Mm -hmm. this year and it had great like comments and things like that. Well, and a lot of people in like the wellness space, I think that's been the big shift Mm -hmm. is like – the wellness space, and I have a lot of thoughts on this that we could get into and real nuanced here, but the wellness space has moved away from plant-based pretty substantially, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and plant-based like shares and companies are down and yeah, there's so companies many- companies are not doing well. No. it's And I just saw like, I think it's impossible, like their shares are down 89% for the yeah. year. And it's like- And the simulate like nugs- CEO yeah. or one of the founders just left. CEO the just team. left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple that have closed. Um, like Hooray Foods closed this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another one that closed recently. And so there's definitely, especially in I think the plant-based meat space. I yes. I mean, in general, I my kind of takeaway on all of it is 2020, especially 2021 and into 2022, these brands were getting wild investments and wild evaluations. Like they were getting invested in like they were a tech company. And yes. like that just was not sustainable. And that's why I think we're seeing, unfortunately, like a lot of brands going under this year. Like I I think in the last like two months, I've seen at least like four different companies fold. Same. Um and, and ones that have big seed investments when, you know, VC yeah. investments. And I'm like, it's just – I was talking to a friend who works in tech and we were mm-hmm. talking about just like the investment space and how like just because you're getting a massive investment does not mean your company's healthy or has longevity or whatever. No. And I feel like that's a lot of what you're seeing with these like plant-based, vegan, whatever it's like meat or dairy or anything in that yeah. space companies. Yeah, and I also think – and this is what I think next year this will probably happen for non-alk, but I think when there's like a really big market saturation of something, like we don't need – I think people realize we don't need seven kinds of plant-based chicken nuggets. People are just going to yes. pick their favorite one and one's going to – one or two are going to like rise to the top mm-hmm. and 
I see the same kind of like seeds of that happening with like the non-alk space because same. I was working with a non-alk spirit brand last year on dry January and mm. it was like just bananas <laughs> like how many brands there were and so many and like when I went when I've been to all like the expos and the conventions and the trade shows and stuff there's just so many and a lot of them are not very good like yep yeah and I am all for people living their dreams and I think a lot of them have something really interesting to offer and I would obviously like never hope any of them would do badly but there's just not enough room like you have absolutely a brand like Gia that has so much attention and then there are like other ones that have a lot of attention on them too or have like really loyal followings like Three Spirit is the brand I was working with mm-hmm. and they like people love them and yes. you know, they launched wines and it I just think it's I think that one is also what it, it's like a market correction and same thing with the investing people are like whoa 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 we just like we did way too much and now mm-hmm. people aren't shopping online all the time these D2C brands like are having a pivot and you know um, one of my clients is like shutting down their D2C store at the end of the year and I think we're really going to see a lot more brands follow suit on that just because I agree the cost of com- customer acquisition is really intense and just a lot of times the D2C portion of a brand's business is like a minuscule percentage like five percent ten percent and it's really costly to invest in your retail like success too and so you kind of have to it's like you need to have omni-channel but you also kind of have to pick a lane like a lot of brands are like we're gonna sell on Amazon we're gonna sell on Thrive because they can treat that as more of a retailer than like their own store. Yes, absolutely. And I think it also just like takes a weight off the shoulders too of like not having to figure out everything on the supply side for your own D2C mm-hmm. website and like you can lean on other companies in there. Yeah, who have a the infrastructure bit. for that already. Yes. And I think what you're saying about the non-alcoholic space, I saw because White Claw just released their non-alcoholic beverage. And once I, I saw like, that – why did you do that? <laughs> right. Once I saw it, I was like, oh, no. Like we have yeah. like reached the point of where – I feel like things are going to like – I don't want to say go downhill, but like mm-hmm. there's going to be some major changes because of that. It's like if a player that large is coming into the space, then it's definitely saying something for it. Yeah. You've like altogether. reached market saturation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The more of these like big like alcohol companies that you think of that have these like non-alcoholic beverages and however they're positioning themselves, mm-hmm. I'm like – we don't need any more. Like we have reached the peak of like, yes, you know, the brands that are coming out. Beverage. <laughs> yes. And funny you say that so many of them like aren't good because we were – my boyfriend and I were at this like um, like bar that's down the street from us and I got this like CBD beverage and I'd heard so much about the brand. I was so excited and I tried it and I was like, this truly might be like the worst drink I've ever had. And I think like it's kind of the same thing with some of the like plant-based meat space of like you hear a lot about the brands and you try it and you're like, "Eh, like, I don't know if this is great. Yeah. But they got these I'm I'm not as into the like plant-based meat. Like I'd rather have a vegetable kind of person. Same. But it is really interesting. Like I and there are some like plant-based cheeses and stuff that I'm like, oh that's actually good. But Mm -hmm. um yeah, it's really interesting. And I also think – because we were saying about, like, the beverage, just, like, in general, there are so many beverages. Like, oh there are gazillion kinds of the, like, 
probiotic sodas, prebiotic sodas, like functional sodas. And I'm so um, tired of them. Yeah. And I'm not as much, I, I'm very particular about like what I like when it comes Mm -hmm. to those. Like there are very few brands. Culture Pop is my favorite one of the like pop ones. Thank you. Everyone's like, all my friends are Olipop poppy girls, but I can't do the artificial I think they're too sweet. Yeah. I don't Um, like the artificial sugars and I, they're just like an off-putting taste to me. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's stevia, but. Yeah. Like I I can't do the stevia. Well, and that gets me in my next, my next point is the fact that I think there was this really weird, like in the, in the year alone, like when I went to, um, Expo West Mm -hmm. in the spring, I was turning around every single can to see if they had stevia or bunk fruit or erythritol because I really just like personally don't like the flavor of those things. Like Same. I could really care less about whatever health claims that are going on because that, that right. changes like every other week. <laughs> but Literally. I really don't like that flavor and I know myself and some people it doesn't bother them. For me, I wonder if it's like a cilantro thing because for me, I just like cannot take it. I think it's the same thing because I don't like either. And either. I have some friends who like – I think also like I don't like diet regular sodas. So I think maybe that's something like that. But anyway, I digress. It basically was like in every single one. They all had – they were all going on this like we have no sugar. We have no added sugar. But it's like like, you do. You've added sweeteners but like whatever. Right. Um, And every single one had it. And I was like so disappointed because – I was like, well, I I don't even want to try it because I just know I'm not going to like it. And a lot of times I would try it and then I'd be like Mm – gross I need to go like right it's like I don't need that again um and then when I went to there was that big um like there was some big story about um xylitol or erythritol or one of those ones yes and um so then when I went to the shows in the fall there was definitely like we have no added sweeteners like that I was seeing like a little bit of a shift happening and I I'm curious to see how that's going to all shake out because I think the truth is like some people really like that taste, but I think they're understanding more and more people don't. And I thought I was like more in the minority there. And then I had friends who were visiting who were not in the food space at all. And they were like, do you know of an electrolyte powder that doesn't have stevia in it? And I was like, actually I do because I've done a lot of research on it. I was going through the same thing and I kind of feel like all these things of like the added sweeteners like stevia and monk fruit and stuff like that and then also like the plant-based category and non-alcoholic space are all tied in of this like Mm -hmm. and maybe this is because I'm coming in from like a wellness perspective and like being in this space of I feel like COVID and that time got everyone like so scared and so hyper aware of like food and what they're putting in their bodies Mm -hmm. and so we got these like better for you like plant-based things that like yeah whatever your opinion is that has no calories like yes and it's like (laughs) we're making these things and trying to sell it to you based on this fear of like everything you put in your body is bad and now I feel like we're about three years past the start of COVID and it's like people are realizing like dairy is actually not horrible for you and like Mm -hmm. it's more the quality of things and like that's why I feel like a lot of these like plant-based brands not that there's not a huge market for that still but it's not the same and I think people are realizing like it's more the quality of things rather than like what the product actually is and yeah I think when it comes to like and people these are more getting the plant-based thing if they like the flavor. Like they're getting oat milk yes. because milk hurts their tummy or because yes. they like the flavor and that's awesome. 
I know. And I think like more shoppers are shopping that way rather than just, oh, like I have heard on social media that like regular dairy isn't good for you. So I'm just going to go pick up some random milk. And I kind of feel like that was like a progression. And now everybody's getting back to, okay, like, you know, we're going to just eat what we want because it doesn't, it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. And there's like so much, and I have so many thoughts on this because there's so much like fear mongering and like diet culture and like shame in like the food industry that like makes me really, really upset. Oh, me too. Because brands do it. And I've had so many brands that have reached out to me to work together and I've had to say no because on their website, it's like guilt-free, like skinny. And I'm like, yuck. No. Does like anybody want that anymore? Like that is my true question with it. I guess there are people that answer. Yes. The thing is yes. And it's like really a bummer. And I've even talked to like editors about this because I'm like, are you even covering like Mm -hmm. this topic anymore? And it depends on the demographic, but I had a couple editors tell me like the truth is like stories about, I mean, look at like the Ozempic of it all, like stories about like weight loss and, you know, ways to get a flat tummy or anti-bloating and like all this stuff, like those do really, those perform really well. And at the end of the day, like these media companies need to make money. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of them are trying to figure out like, how do we cover these topics in a way that's like safe and healthy? Because like, it's fine if you want to like lose some weight and like, if your doctor talks to you about that or whatever, mm-hmm. like, sure. But, like, it's, like, a such a tricky thing because it's so, like, the food world makes it, like, so insidious because it, like, sneaks it in. And, like, um, especially when it comes – like, there's still is so much, I think, of this, like, early 2000s, like, carb fear a little bit. Yes. Which is interesting. And I think – I kind of thought that was kind of going to go away with, like, the keto – I did too. Movement. I was hoping. But I know so many people that like still buy like the Better Bagel and stuff like that. And like I – and like these breads that are, you know, their whole mission is like it's not filled with junk. And I'm like, But then like it it is in one way or another. If I go to a bakery here and I buy a loaf of sourdough that's flour and water and salt. And like, Wait, like what job? Culture. Like it's okay. <laughs> it drives me nuts. I feel like on that topic, like the biggest trend, and I don't. This isn't necessarily like CPG, but like at the intersection of food and beverage and wellness, is this idea that like everything is like has to be healthy, and like everything is like yeah. called healthy. Like I was just writing about this. Doesn't in the mean newsletter. <laughs> Right. I was just writing about this in the newsletter because I saw this recipe from this woman that I follow. And she made like an Italian wedding soup and she labeled it as like a healthy Italian wedding soup. Yeah, lighter, and I'm like, healthier. Yeah. And I'm looking at the ingredients. I'm like, this is the exact same ingredient list than the one that I made from some random website yeah. a couple weeks ago. And, you know, you use bone broth instead of like chicken stock or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that it that doesn't mean it's healthier. And I've seen that with so many things of like they'll have a recipe and it'll say it's like a healthy version and it's because it like – doesn't include whatever the main ingredient is in it or it's, you know, not even close to what it actually is. And I think like that kind of plays out, like we're saying in like product space of everything has to feel healthy and with these like – The better for you. And a lot of my clients are better for you and like quote unquote. But it's like what does that mean? And like for me it means these are like nostalgic versions of something you had as a kid that maybe is just like made with like 
more whole foods maybe. Right, which is great. Which is cool. And like maybe not as many like preservatives because like a lot of the things we grew up as kids like do have a lot of chemicals in them. Do I still mm-hmm. love a cosmic brownie from time to time? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Could sure. never turn away. <laughs> but, um, but like also like if someone – like, I don't need to have one every single day, but if someone was like, I need to have that flavor every single day, but I don't want to have that every single day, like, they can go get the dough space brownie, mm-hmm. and it's, like, close. For me, I – a lot of times – and I, I feel the same way about, like, the sodas and stuff, too. Like, yes, I – if I'm craving a Dr. Pepper, I'm just going to have a can of Dr. Pepper. I'm not yeah, going like- to go have, a, like, a sugar-free alternative of it because I would right. rather just have the real thing. And not as much. I in moderation, agree. including moderation, you know? <laughs> yes. I Yep. I remember that's what my parents used to always tell me like when it came to food and things like that. They're like, you just enjoy everything in moderation and like – And there's no bad foods. No. And that's why I hate like sometimes when I see this better for you stuff because I think it comes down to like how you're positioning yourself in that space of like yeah. – there has to be a larger story at play than just being like, oh, we're better for you because mm-hmm. like, like we're them? scared of whatever the ingredient Soil. is that they're avoiding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or like white flour or dairy mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Like I think those products are great and that's a lot of what I consume. But I think it's this idea that, oh, you're doing something better for your health. If you consume anything else, like you're going to end up sick or deal with whatever Yeah. Problems. I think that's the problem is like mm-hmm. – and I do a lot of – brand messaging for brands. And one of the things that I have in almost every single one of my decks is I would recommend not using the words healthy or clean. I would use words that are more descriptive and more delicious because yes. no one cares. Healthy doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything. You know, and like, clean means nothing. And clean it means different things to different people. They're like, oh we're doing a clean mm-hmm. label. We're doing we're 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 clean. I'm like, okay, so are you like paleo? Are you like Whole 30 compliant and like that's a whole other thing. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. And a lot of that, what we get down to is like, how can we describe like what you are, who you're for in a way that actually makes sense to people? And a lot of that is, you know, okay, what makes you different? Okay, you're like a version of Nutella, but you're, you have no palm oil and you're um, dairy free. And like regular Nutella has palm oil and a lot of sugar, which is fine. And dairy. So if people Mm -hmm. are like can't have dairy, like they can't have that. Or if a brand is doing something that's like an alternative of something else, like an alternative to a peanut butter. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily saying that they are better than peanut butter, but if you can't have peanuts or if you like coconut better, you can have Mm -hmm. that. Exactly. Um, And so that's kind of the way I, I look at it is like why don't we just like treat our consumers like adults who can like make the decisions for themselves and give them the info they need that they want. So it's like, this has no refined sugar. If that matters to you, cool. Cool. This is gluten-free. I eat a lot of things that are gluten-free and I'm not gluten-free just because I like their crackers are delicious. <laughs> right, right. Um, and like stuff like that. Or like same thing if you, you know, I just think just like give them the info. Just like tell them what's in it. Tell them what it tastes like. Tell them what you can use it for and then let them make decisions from there. But yeah, I, I think – I mean, even we were talking about like the social media, like things that happened this year and stuff like that. And um, like mentioning the seed oil, like even last week, like Oat House mentioned that they were switching to sunflower oil or yeah, mm-hmm. expeller pressed high oleic sunflower oil and um, instead of olive oil. 
And, you know, which is a neutral oil, a lot of people agree that it's fine. Like, it's okay. And I knew the second I saw that post, I like, I think I literally messaged the founder and I was like, thoughts and prayers for your comments. Right. Like, stay strong. Because it really was like, people were so angry and like, they're like, I can't believe you would do this. I'm never buying this again. And, and it's because they've just been told that that's bad. And then that's, which is crazy to me. I saw that post and I was like, I like props to them for having the guts to post that and like to be open and sharing it with their communities, which I fully, I think they should. Yeah. But I'm just like, I can't imagine what their comment section, their DMs, their emails, anything like yeah. that look the like. The comment because, section is a fun read. I would recommend. Oh, I'm going to have to go look again because I saw the post and I was like, I need to remember to come back to this and look at it because I know it's going to be good. And I think like the seed oil thing really, I feel like came to head this year. I don't know what it was. I think a lot of people were talking about it, but it's it was like, like I saw real, real out there wellness yeah that kind of brought it into the mainstream and yeah I saw like some people talking about beforehand in the wellness space and I kind of like always knew there was this idea of like seed oils are quote-unquote bad and then it was like like, oh use avocado oil instead and I totally like got in that game I totally agree like yeah like you know some oils just like anything else are going to be better for you or what you should be consuming more of but this idea of like vilifying seed oils is just so wild to me. I remember like I – this was probably like two years ago or so, but I made this recipe just like for Instagram and I had used sunflower oil for Mm -hmm. it because it was what – like when I was researching other recipes, what people had used and whatever. And Mm -hmm. this girl who followed me like messaged me. She's like, I can't believe you pushed this narrative out there that like seed oils are healthy and all this. And I was like, I used a tablespoon. So if a tablespoon is like what's really sending you over the edge, yeah, you need to reexamine some things because it's it's so weird to me. And it's interesting that Oat House has now like gone into the territory of using seed oils because I wonder if it's going to be a bigger shift that's coming in there of maybe kind of dialing it back from this vilification of it in 2024. I think it really – Unfortunately, I think it just comes down to cost and yeah. like olive oil. And I've heard this from a lot of my friends who work olive oil companies. Like the price of olive oil has gone up like an insane amount in the last year. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of companies are, I mean, are battling with this idea of, you know, do we raise our prices? Do we change ingredients? And because, yeah, like certain ingredients are like really expensive and companies are going to have to make like tough choices on like what ones they want to use because – you know, and you're like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, like making, you know, a jar of something in your house or you're making granola at your house or something mm-hmm. and you're selling it. Of course, you're going to want to pick like the creme de la creme of ingredients. You're going to get Absolutely. like the fancy Madagascar vanilla beans and like all this stuff. And when you start trying to scale that, I think brands realize like, whoa, this is actually like we're not going to – we're not going to survive if we continue to do this. Um and like we've seen some brands go under, I think, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. But I think a lot of it is, you know, I'm assuming just like you're not able to like make that margin. You're not able to make enough money on the cost of goods and, you know, all this other stuff. But yeah, I think 2023 was like a funny year for food. I think it was, you know, 
I think we saw more brands that were like having fun and doing yes. things that were, you know, like one of the trends last year was like, um, like retro revival. So like these kind of like nostalgic things, but in that kind of better for you category, um, you know, obviously, you know, regenerative and mm-hmm. like all of that, like, which is amazing and upcycled is all kind of on the up and up. I still think we haven't hit like peak regenerative yet. I think this year is going to be no, a really good year so. for that. But um, I want to say the same thing. Yeah, I, I kind of see that coming. And I think the kind of nostalgic retro, that's still a thing. Because people, I think more than ever, just like want to be comforted. And if you can have something that like tastes like when you were a kid, even especially if it's something that like doesn't exist anymore. Like there are some mm-hmm. of those things that like I had when I was a kid that like they don't make them anymore. And like yes. I like I don't know if you remember those little like um, – Altoid Sours, like the tangerine ones. Oh my gosh, I forgot about those. I loved those when I was a kid. I would get like sores on my mouth because I would eat too many. Um, But yeah, they're like, there's like a candy brand and it's not like a mainstream CPG one, but there's a candy brand that started making those and I was like ordering too. Like, yeah, literally. Need them immediately. Um, Because it's just like so sweet and nice. And like, I love things that, and I think a good example of this and one that I think is really, really well done is, um, the um like frosted crackers from mm. must love i just yes. like love the girls who run must love too i think they're wonderful and you know they were in like the dairy ice cream space and are still are but they started this cookie line which is so smart and they have the graham crackers and then they have the, like the frosted ones that look like the ones you used to have when we were kids and they're delicious they're so good I probably wouldn't go buy like a big bag of the Frosted Animal Crackers because I really don't want like a whole bag of them. I just like want to Right, right. Um, And their bags are smaller and they're also – they're made with date sugar. So they still like are good. Like they still taste good but they just have like – they don't have artificial like sprinkles on top if that's something that you care about. But for me, I just think they're like delicious and they do remind me of like that childhood thing. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other ones that were like really exciting to me this year, but that was one that I was like, these are delicious. And I, yeah, they're kind of tapping into that nostalgia factor that I think people really like want to have. But also, I think so. I don't know. I think there's just a lot of brands that are doing like really like fun things or just like making something normal better. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if you tried, um, speaking of dairy, Painterland Sisters. No, I haven't. I'm not – I'm picky about yogurt and it is like the best one I've ever had. It's lactose-free, but you would never Ooh. know. It's like the creamiest ever. And these sisters some. that are like – I think like third or fourth generation farmer dairy farmers and like it's so good and I feel like they – they went Forbes 30 under 30 this year. But I think nice. they're definitely like on – I think that kind of dairy. Like the idea of, you know – really like carefully sourced dairy that's like mm-hmm. made with love and tastes really good. Like I would rather have less dairy and have it be better. And same thing with meat, like First Light Farms. I tried them at Expo. Yes. Literally insane. I was like, this is delicious. I know. Um, and it's, you know, like grass fed, grass finished, like the people that own it, like really care about the process. And I was like, wow, I, I think that is what we're going to see more of in 2024 mm-hmm. is brands that just like care and are like just making understanding that like people want those things, but they want them to be like for a 2024 
palette and culture, I guess. Yes, I agree. I feel like for 2024, it's brands are going to be leaning into this idea of like comfort and nostalgia and just like mm-hmm. being themselves. I feel like a lot of brands in the past year and especially going into this year have just leaned into like more so like their stories and like who they are unapologetically and like instead of marketing and sharing to this idea of what they feel like they should be or trying to fit into a category I feel like you've seen a lot more like standout breakout brands and Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to see more of that going into the year and I don't know I think we're going to see some changes and shifts by the end of next year in the non-alcoholic space I feel like it's going to be like what the plant-based space is going through right now like we're going to see that with the non-alcoholic space and not that I want to see that for any brand but I do think it'll be interesting to watch because it'll be interesting to see which brands survive and like what that means for consumer behavior. Yeah. And I think it's like a really interesting um, shift too, because, you know, I'll be like having a happy hour or something and more people are like opting for a non-alc option, even if they're not like sober all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think the bigger shift we're going to see in non-alc is more on like more mainstream restaurants and bars getting on board with like having more than one option because I think that's where the shift really needs to happen. Like the bottle shops and stuff like that are fun, but I don't know. I don't know like how, how many of those we need. I think it's more like people want to be able to go out and get a drink with friends and maybe they don't want to drink that night, but they want something that's fun Mm -hmm. or has that like bitter, you know, Negroni kind of taste. And like Phony Negroni, I think is yes. like a great example of like people love them and they really like found their little niche of like, oh, like I can have this like kind of bitter, bitter soda that's going to kind of transition me from like day to night without having to like drink every weekday if I don't want to. Um, but yeah, I agree. are there any brands you're like really excited about seeing in 2024? I don't know. I, I feel like I'm excited to see what like Gia continues to do because they just released their berry and I have the, it on my table next to me I haven't tried I it love yet. that <laughs> I need to try it I I've been waiting to pick up some and uh I'm I'm excited to see what they continue doing and I think just like I don't know like just the like cult brands that are really big in the food and beverage space right now like Fishwife and Fly by Jing and like mm-hmm. things like that like I I'm curious to see like how they're going to continue growing because they have like such amazing momentum right now and such a dedicated fan base that yeah I'm curious like how they're going to continue growing and pivoting and things like that so I don't know I don't have like a specific trend or anything but I think just like the brands that I love I'm like excited to support them going forward and like see like how they're going to to change and evolve with like what consumers want yeah yeah I, I love all those brands too I think it's interesting I think um I think one thing I think we'll probably see is just these like staple brands like mm-hmm. I mean I would consider fishwife like a staple and fly by jing a staple like these items that they're not like necessarily like snacks or beverages or whatever. Like there's something that you're going to spend a little bit more money on, but it's going to last you a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think Cabby is like one of my favorites. I'm like obsessed with them. Yes. They're wonderful. Um, also, my friend runs Paro and they're, I think, doing great things. Agreed. Um, and then same thing, like Heyday Canning, I think is so cool. I love And them. I'm really interested to see like what they do because I think they're so – 
primed for being like a great collab brand just like oh absolutely like having like I saw someone posted today like a mock-up of like an Omsom bean for them and I was like that would be so fun Um, I would love that I think think yeah I think so too I love heyday and I think they are positioned and like on track to be like the fishwife in the bean category yeah yeah which I kind of love because I think they're like $5 or something for mm-hmm. a can, which, yes, is like obviously steep if you're buying like plain black beans at the store. But I've put so many of my friends onto them because I'm like, this is such an easy dinner because you could literally just like warm up your beans, have it with rice, and you already have like your sauce. You don't need to like worry about getting ingredients and you feel like satiated and also yes. – I don't know. It just feels very like you're taking care of yourself, but it's not like a frozen meal or like something like that. So I, yeah, I think they've really hit a really like interesting space where they're, they're like an ingredient, but they're also like more than that. Like I, you you need a lot of ingredients if you're going to make like coconut curry chickpeas and, yes. you know, especially for like small kitchen people, I see like college kids or like right out of college people like that's amazing. Or like I told my dad, I was like, go get the like, go get the like all vodka ones. Yes. And, like have it with like a little bit of pasta and like add some sausage or something or like broccolini. And then it's like, OK, you got your sauce, you got your meal, you got your protein, like you're set. Right. And it makes the price point a lot more attractive that you don't have to yeah. do too awfully much to them to enjoy them and to yeah. have it be a meal. Yeah, it's not like it's just like a more expensive canned bean. It's like, oh, you get the bean, but also like the, all the sauce and all the stuff. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I'm curious on the topic of food and beverage and, you know, making meals and things like that, if you had to build a dream snack plate, what would be on it? Yes. I was thinking about this because I was like, do I pick like packaged snacks or do I make like a charcuterie board? You can do a combination. Okay. Okay. I think what I would do – I'm going off the cuff here because I'm not sure exactly what I want to do yet. But I think I would do some sort of kind of like grazing board moment. Mm-hmm. And I have to have like really, really good crackers and there probably be multiple kinds. Um, I agree. My favorites – Hold on. I'm going to forget the name of this one. There's two that are very similar, and I'm going to check it right now. But one of them is Maine Crisps. I love Maine Crisps. Yes. I think I just they had those. are literally so good. I'm going to be so mad at myself if I can't remember the name of this brand. It's like a sourdough upcycled cracker. You know the, you know the one. Unbothered? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I love like, them. She's actually coming on the podcast in a couple weeks. Oh, my gosh. Well, you can tell her I say hello. I, I will. Her, I will. But I'm a fan. <laughs> Um, but I would probably have some main crisp crackers. One of my friends does their PR. And so I'd like heard about them for a long time. And then their booth was next to one of my clients at Expo mm. East. And so I was just like snacking right. all day. Eating all. Um, and all of them are so good. They're like kind of like the Trader Joe's ones with like the little fruits and nuts in them. Yes. And I'm not always like – I'm not a really a dried fruit girl. So sometimes I stay away from those. But these ones – there's delicious. something different about them. They're delicious. They're so good. Um, so I would have like an assortment of crackers, probably some like really good focaccia bread. 
olive mm-hmm. oil, balsamic vinegar, like chili flake dipping sauce moment for that. And then let's see. I would have like a really good like sharp cheddar moment, maybe like a really good Jacobson honey. Mm, yes. Love. Probably the blackberry one. That's my favorite one. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Or Andrew's honey from Brooklyn. Also delicious. Yes. Um, and then I would have that. I probably have a little side of salt and vinegar, potato chips, siete or kettle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or just both. <laughs> or both. Maybe not. The siete ones have a hint of serrano and those ones are – I was Delish. like only eating those for like a while. They're so good. Um, yeah. And then I'd have some kind of like goat cheese situation, some really good like salami, maybe some kind of – raspberry jam moment Mm -hmm. and then I would have a side of let's see I mean this is a client of mine but the sum dark chocolate sea salt tahini I'd probably have a side of that and then some of my other clients just like all my spreads and like condiments just like ready to go for dipping Um, and then to drink I would either have like a fresh squeezed lemonade because that's, that's kind of that's the best. unbeat. Yeah, that's the best. Or I I, re- I really do like culture pop. I like the orange mango culture pop. Mm. I think those are really yes. good. If I, I wanted like a soda, or I'd have a Dr Pepper if I'm feeling crazy. Honestly, yeah, go off. Yeah, it depends what kind of snack we're talking. Like it depends. Like, do I have I company? Do I not? If it's like. A wine night vibe, I would have like a glass of an orange wine. Yes. Oh, because that's I only, agree. only wine I like, really. <laughs> I know. I really, I feel like I've gotten into wine so much this year. Previously, I didn't really love it. And then I don't know. I think it's because like my boyfriend has gotten really interested in wine this year as well. And so yeah. my one of my friends I, is like very into it. She's like all, yes. up, all about it. I know. I recently have gotten really into like a sparkling red wine. So I feel like Ooh. my current – if I had to build like a yeah, fun little me. snack plate, I would do a sparkling red wine, specifically this Lambrusco that I had this past weekend. Okay, I had literally – I had it t- the same bottle two nights in a row because it's just delicious. Oh and gosh, then fun. I – what would you say? I thought so fun. I've never had one of those. Oh, you need to try because okay, I'll if try it. I randomly had girl. like seen – Yeah, I'd randomly seen somebody talk about it and I don't love red wine to begin with and I always think it's just like a little too much for me. So I normally drink white and then I saw somebody talking about a red wine and then Molly Boz released a sparkling red wine, I think in like the first iteration of um, drink this wine. And so I was like, I need to find one and it took me so long to find one like in a bar or a bottle shop here and so whatever, we found one over the weekend. So I feel like I would have that and I would have some like brie and mm-hmm. crackers and then randomly when we were at this bottle shop and I was drinking this wine, they have like some snacks there and there's like Cheez-Its and like, I don't know, like peanut M&Ms and things like that and then they had – this is so random. They had a bag of corn nuts and oh, I was like, nothing sounds better. Ones? Yes. Nothing sounds better in this moment. So I think I would have like the wine, the brie, crackers – some corn nuts, and then maybe like a really good piece of dark chocolate. I love ranch corn nuts. Like They're so I, good. 
every once in a while, I'll like buy a bag and I'll like eat them with the spoon kind of low key. Honestly. Yeah. Did you see that? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It was Molly Boz. She did a cookie recipe that used Mm -hmm. regular corn nuts in them. And I saw that and then it was just like top of mind when I was thinking about sparkling wine. And then I was like, oh, she made those and here's corn nuts. So yeah. Random. Trader Joe's has the like puffed Inca Mm -hmm. corn. And it's like – it's basically – they're basically corn nuts. But they're so good. And what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, um, another one, they – Hidden Valley Ranch did a collab with um, Little Goat. Yes, I saw this. And I think that's like one of my favorite chili crisps. And I was so mad I missed it because it sold out. And I was like, I need that. I need to. I know. I tried to get it because I wrote about it uh, in one of the newsletters and then I went on to get it when I was like thinking about it and editing it. It was already sold out and I was like, oh, this needs to come back. I feel like they'll bring it back. But yeah, that's like I one of my too. favorite chili crisps. I went to their restaurant in Chicago and I was like, I need a jar of this. Thank you. Right. I Yep. I'm going to go through it so fast. Well, I have one more question for you yes. just to kind of like wrap up our conversation in a nice little bow. If you could give one piece of advice and it doesn't – it can be anything we talked about in the space of self-care and boundaries and CPG or just like food and wellness, like what would your piece of advice be? This is something I've been thinking about a lot and I told this to a friend recently and she was like, that's a really good advice. And so now I don't think I'm the one who came up with it. I think someone else told it to me, <laughs> but I'm going to close. That works. Um, a lot of people will try to give you advice when you're like starting your own company or when you're just like working in general. And some of that is great. And like some of it is actually helpful, but something that's really helped me just like take things with a grain of salt or like weed out what advice is like worth taking is mm-hmm. – don't take advice from people whose life you don't want. And like, I don't want anyone else's life. Like I want to be my own person, all this stuff. But the way I mean that is like, if someone is giving you advice on like how to run your business or how to work with a client and you don't like the way that their business is set up, or you don't think that they're like a good representation of like what kind of business owner you want to be, like that's not worth the mental energy to like take on and so you can like listen that and like take it in and be like okay I'll think about that but that's been helpful for me is to be like okay well I know I don't want to build a company that way and so why would I spend my energy trying to figure out like how I could make what works for them work for me when I don't even want what they have right now I I love that that's my that's my nugget I love that. I think that's a great way to just like sum everything up that we went through. And I think that's like a good way to really look at life in general, even if you're not in food and beverage and you're not owning a business and all the things of like you – I feel like you just get so much advice, whether it's like in person, in school, on social media. And it's kind of overwhelming to feel like you have to try to follow all of it or somehow implement it in your life. But I think like taking a really good look and like a more – specific lens to it and kind of seeing like is this actually going to work for me is a really smart way to go forward yeah yeah I love Hope it, it helps. Well, <laughs> yeah well thank you so much Delaney for coming this was on so the fun could have chatted so all excited. day clearly I know I know I'm like we could literally keep going but I don't want to take your whole day and I would just love for if people you could share where people can find you where they can work with you yeah. anything you want to share yeah so my website is delaneyvetter.com nice and easy um, you can find out more about me there and how I work with brands. And then 
Instagram, it's DelaneyVetterCom, C-O-M-M. And then TikTok is Delaney.Better, where it's not very work-related, but it's just like fun recipe things and stuff. Okay, um, and yeah, yeah, if you want to work with me, reach out. I'll, I'll give Lauren my email. She can put it in the description. But yes. um, yeah, I'm always happy to chat and clearly love talking about food stuff. So even if you just want to chat about that, I'm down. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, I have all the information in the show notes. That was so fun. All right. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to the Dear Citrus Diaries podcast hosted by me, Lauren Hodgen. Be sure to subscribe to our Substack and follow along on Instagram and TikTok to stay in the know, discover recipes, and so much more. Find everything linked in the show notes below, and I'll catch you next Monday at 7 a.m.